Oh yeah, you guys know what that means, the song Brass Bonanza, at least in these parts in Arizona. That's right, it's time for Inside the Glass, Southern Arizona's original hockey podcast. Welcome one and all, I am your host, Rob Leonio. Joined with me here today is Brandon Sparks, one of the regulars now for Inside the Glass, and Rose Ford and Carl Pavlik from our sister podcast, Desert Dogcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Super. I'm doing great. I'm missing the Aquabats who are playing in Arizona tonight, but other than that, pretty good night. I'll be I'll be honest and say I'm a little embarrassed to say that I thought that the uh, song starting out before I saw the notes was going to be running with the devil, but uh, <laughs> that was a good a good second option. Get on the bait and switch. I love. Uh, I don't know where I thought about that, but I thought about that like a little over a year ago when I um, was in year, what is it now? Yeah, year three of the podcast. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? This would be really fun. It's a, a, a nice little tease. You're going to this and then whoop, nope, here we go. Um, it's been fun ever since. Um, I've had a lot of people comment on it and they love it. So, Plus, you're avoiding copyright law. So that's uh, always good. Aha, yeah, absolutely. By the way, guys, if you're new to this podcast, I do bid you a welcome. Um, I know, you know, we've kind of been on and off for a while, but we're hope- hopefully back for for good again. Uh, we're here in this podcast. We talk all things NHL news, and you know, it's been a while, but we've now gone a quarter away through the season, guys. How long? Like that guy that went pretty fast, didn't it? Yeah, I can't believe it's November already. It's crazy. Yeah, especially the first couple months, it seems to, uh, everything's going so fast. There's a lot of kind of new things happening. And then at a certain point, it starts to slow down a little bit. You start getting the breaks, the Christmas break, the All-Star break. But yeah, I did not think it would be this fast. I think Lightning fans think it's about a weekend because the team only has 18 points. <laughs> right. Ouch. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they're hoping that it goes much quicker uh, if the team continues to play the way they have. Yeah, it looks like some teams are forgetting that, you know, in order to get to the playoffs, they have to actually make it in first. Right. Now, gone are the days where, like, you know, 90% of the teams would make it to the playoffs. That's not a thing anymore. Nope. It's no longer the original six. Yeah, anyways... Let's get started with some of the uh, hockey news that we got going. And, you know, as much as, you know, it's it's an interesting topic because uh, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. People do want to talk about it because it's something we should. But it's something I think we should start off with. Um, It's definitely recent within this hockey community. And for you guys who are familiar with hockey community, uh, longtime Hockey Night in Canada broadcaster and former NHL coach John Don Cherry has been ousted by Rogers and Sportsnet after making some controversial remarks in a Remembrance Day slash Veterans Day rant regarding the use of poppies. Uh, who wants to go first on on uh, this whole series of events? Um, I'll, um, even though I'm an American and my only experience of John Cherry is through the clips that we generally see online, I can't say that I've ever really watched a Hockey Night in Canada program all the way through. Um, but uh, the thing about Don Cherry's comments this time 
was that uh, what he actually said was that you people who come to this country and enjoy the fruits of our country, I'm not quoting directly, I'm paraphrasing, um, don't appreciate our veterans and things like that is basically what he said. And uh, because the poppies, if people don't know, are uh, for Remembrance Day, which is the Canadian version of Veterans Day, and it's to remember the veterans who were lost in World War II. Or in any conflict, probably. Yeah. Anyone, any, uh, any veteran who served. Right. And it wasn't that he was telling people that they need to remember veterans. That's not what people had an issue with. It was the you people come to the country. That was the problem because he was singling out immigrants, recent immigrants. No, I... Uh, and I, and I think to put some background on that, because um, I think if, if he said it in any way and in, in any other way too beforehand, um, it would have been maybe a little bit less controversial. But if you paid attention to the clip beforehand, he kind of talked about where he was um, and like the areas he was where he didn't see people wearing poppies. And that downtown Toronto and Mississauga, and Mississauga, which both have heavily immigrant populations right i understand yeah and that was what the people had an issue with it's not about the poppies it's about singling out immigrants so that's the first thing that we need to acknowledge and um uh some of the the rhetoric around don the john cherry's dismissal has been about you know you should support the troops everybody supports the troops absolutely everybody Everybody supports the troops. And whether or not you wear a poppy, if it falls off, I mean, how does he know that the people who weren't wearing poppies are A, immigrants, B, that they didn't already support the troops in some other way, C, that they didn't have a poppy that fell off, or maybe they bought one and just didn't put it on? You know, he doesn't know those things. So that's what people are, are upset about. And... Um, uh, I think it also needs to be mentioned, and I don't know that anybody else has mentioned this, but one of the sponsors for Coach's Corner is Budweiser Canada. And I don't know if you guys remember, but um, it was in the 2017 Super Bowl. Budweiser actually produced an incredibly controversial com Super Bowl commercial about immigration because the founders of Anheuser-Busch that owns Budweiser were immigrants. Right. So if anybody had a say in his dismissal, it had to be Budweiser. That's what I think. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why I think this time is different because he singled out a vulnerable group and one of his sponsors happened to be a part of that group. So I will say um, also as someone who's American, who my relationship to Don Cherry is minimal at best. He is a very frequent person in hockey, and I don't think anyone would argue that. But he is also extremely well known for very controversial stances. Mm -hmm. uh, 
both in regards to the game itself, um, in regards to former players, in regards to European and Russian players, even in regards to French Canadians. And I know all of that despite never actually watching Don Cherry do anything on television. And to me, the fact that I have this knowledge of of this person and was in no way surprised by what he said really kind of underlines that this probably should have happened a long time ago. What Rose said is absolutely correct. It has nothing to do with Remembrance Day. It has nothing to do with Veterans Day. I don't think it has anything to do with poppies. It's about him singling out immigrants as a group and like I don't think that that is a defensible stance. Um, if you want to say, hey, as a culture, we need to do more to address kind of veterans, I would argue that you should probably be focusing more on institutional issues, which I can't speak to institutional problems with Canadian veterans. I know America, we have quite a bit of them mm-hmm. and not the individual oh, yeah. person. Um, and that's a much better target for any kind of anger or outrage but i am gonna lie i i didn't necessarily think that he was gonna get fired over it because i thought he should have been fired a long time ago a lot of of comments like that yeah 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 and and that's what makes me think it was the sponsorship it could be that got him fired rather than Sportsnet saying, oh, you know, we're going to do the right thing. <laughs> because they had many chances to say that and didn't. I mean, look, yeah. the sports, they, Sportsnet made a comment on Sunday, and they're like, yeah, no, like, we, he, he made a statement, we don't agree with it, and we talked with him about it, and that's that. And then um, I believe it was uh, uh, his uh, co-announcer, Brandon, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, if you could help me out here. Ron McLean. Ron, Ron McLean. McLean. Ron McLean. He went out publicly and said something and said, you know, I should, you know, I should have said something too. And then that kind of added more to it. Um, and then that's when it all happened down. But uh, by the way, uh, and before I do want to get your thoughts, Brandon, since you are the uh, sole Canadian out of this, uh, out of this group, but um, Our token Canadian. Yeah. But, Ooh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I do want to. I, I do want to say. Did you guys see the comments he made afterwards? He says, "You know, I, you know, I probably should have apologized for the wordage that I used." He like he he admits. I mean, he kind of knows. Obviously, he effed up probably with those kind of words, but he's still Don Cherry. But uh, what I don't know. Did you guys see that? Well, the, that's the confusing thing is that the first thing that I saw that he said afterward was that I know what I said and I meant it. He quoted to somebody, I think in the, I want to say in the Toronto Star, but I'm not sure that's correct. Um, I don't know what he said after that. So after that, he went to say, um, and again, I'm not quoting him directly because I don't have the exact quote in front of him, but it's like, you know, I shouldn't have said that, that, that you people, Mark, um, I, I should have said everybody should wear poppies, not you people. I saw that he went on Tucker Carlson and threw Rob McLean under the bus, which Don Cherry on Tucker Carlson, that's um, that's a very easy Matching connection him. to make. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but 
from from what I've heard, there this wasn't a live thing. Someone could have stopped it. They have stopped having Don Cherry be live because he says stuff, which again, why is he still there if you have to put a time delay to make sure he doesn't cross a line? I And then why do you let them cross the that line anyway? Yeah. It's it goes to it in my opinion, a fundamental lack of anyone thinking about what the 85 year old who has a history of controversial statements is going to say. And I don't think that he is the last person who is going to be getting fired over something like this. I could see someone else. It's not going to be as publicized because of course it's not, Mm -hmm. but this seems like a fundamental error on, on network more so than the xenophobic old man saying a xenophobic thing that he has said very similar things to in the past. Like, I, yeah. I hope that there's someone else who's like, yeah, there there is other people who we need to, you know, have take some responsibility over this. Brandon? Well, yeah, I don't think anyone's really surprised that uh, he said what he did. It, I mean, at the very least, he's been a fairly consistent person in his opinion toward certain groups. But I also think people need to keep in mind that he's not exactly the person you expect to give a very nuanced discussion uh, on any sort of sensitive topic. Uh, I'm not, believe it or not, even though I am from Canada, I am not from Toronto. I have not been to Toronto. Um, So I don't know if more recent immigrants to that area actually do wear poppies more or less than Canadian citizens. Um, It's quite possible they don't. Uh, You know, they could be coming from a culture where they've, A, never heard of that, B, pay their respects in a different way, um, you know, they might just not be familiar with the practice. It might not be tradition for them like it is for some of us. So there could be a lot of reasons why, and it has nothing to do with lacking uh, an appreciation. But he didn't really get into that, which is fairly normal for him. Was I surprised he was fired over it? Yeah, given that he was been able to get away with other vast generalizations for quite some time. Yeah, uh, but I think it came down to, I don't think it was Sportsnet developed a conscience or anything like that. I think Rose might be right in terms of they might care what Budweiser thinks, but... Sportsnet has been trying since they got the NHL contract to really change um, the way they run hockey broadcasts. And one of which was actually 
removing Ron McLean from a bunch of his posts and replacing him with much music, former much music star George Strombolopoulos, which was a huge flop. And then they came hat in hand back to Ron and brought him back. But they've yeah, been trying a bunch of things. And didn't they? Uh, they let go of a bunch of different hosts this summer too, like uh, um, Nick Kiprios. They let go of John Shannon. Yeah. And uh, and Doug, what's his name? Doug McLean. Maybe. <laughs> Not related to Doc. To, to Ron. Yeah, and with Sportsnet, it's, it's a weird thing because they really surprised a lot of people in getting that contract and getting rid of any hockey talent they have is sort of like a starving person throwing out a loaf of bread. Uh, Sportsnet was always sort of like a third tier of hockey broadcasting in Canada. And they haven't really done anything to improve themselves aside from basically just hijacking people from CBC. So yeah, I don't really know what they're doing. I think they were concerned about ratings in terms of keeping Don around, but at the same time, most of the people that were offended by Don's remarks didn't watch Kosher's corner to begin with. So I don't really know if it's going to have much of an impact at all. Personally, I enjoyed listening to Corge's Corner, even though he didn't really offer a whole lot of insights. He was just an entertaining three-minute way to spend your intermission. But yeah. we'll see what Brian Burke does. Yeah, every now and then I would actually... Uh... I wouldn't tune into it live. I would see some re- like you know recordings of Coach's Corner to kind of see what he had to say for a certain day. Because again, yeah, you're right. It's not not for the inside itself, just 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 for the entertainment value. Uh, I thought I actually found some of the stuff pretty fun. I mean, um, even though it, it's of- kind of like the uh, the Howard Stern effect, right? Yeah, you know, a lot of people will tune in just to see what he has to say and to see what suits he's wearing. Because that was that's, always yes, that, yeah, that's not, another big one. Yeah, but, which uh, I it's, swear, um, Tyson takes his dressing. Tyson Nash, the Coyotes color on it, takes his uh, dressing cues. It's the hand me downs. I I would like to see Tyson wear a bit more like roses. Like uh, that actually was a very interesting look. That I don't think anyone could really pull off, but. My favorite is around Christmas time. He always does that plaid suit. But anyway. I I think kind of a a big thing that's going to be missing from definitely mine, but also probably I'm guessing Rob, yours and Rose, we didn't grow up with Don Cherry in any aspect of hockey. He is a present figure, of course, but Brennan, did you kind of – while you were a kid, did you watch him more? Um, was it something where you used to take his takes a lot more seriously than you may have recently? Because I know uh, uh, Down Goes Brown recently talked about that, his evolving opinion of Don Cherry over the years um, for various yeah, things. He wrote a whole piece about it in The Athletic, which was really good. Uh, I can't say I've read read that article. Um 
I guess my problem with it is I aged a lot in the same span that Sean would have been referencing where he was an adult so he could take a bit of a different take on it. Um, but I mean, I I always made an effort to, if I were watching a game on CBC, to, to make sure I caught Coach's Corner. Um, but... Again, we'll 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 see how that goes. We'll see if Brian can give Ron the same panicked look uh, <laughs> that he would get during Coach's Corner. Um, might put some years back on Ron's life, but I don't know. It, Again, it was never about it was never about the content because he would even like I disagreed with him on a lot of things like he had a big thing about you know if you're defending don't put sticks in shot lanes and he would cherry pick footage where a puck went in off a defender's stick you know and he, his idea was just let guys take shots from the point and hope that no offensive player tips it but you shouldn't try to block shots which you know there's going to be some friendly fire but i think he was just very stuck in that mindset right it'll be interesting if brian burke does get the uh get the job because i don't think it's been officially announced we get to go from funny suits to seeing whatever burke does with his tie because that's going to be different every day his business scarf (laughs) yeah he may like put (laughs) it on his head every now and then wrap it around one of his like wrists i'll be like okay that's a different look it'll it'll be interesting um but but yeah now it's um the end of an era in uh in hockey it is and it's also kind of frustrating that probably what is the biggest hockey news story for any non-hockey fan is is probably this um and it's a controversy. And that's why we have like. to talk about it. I mean, it's there's, yeah. it, there's a lot of things going with it. You know, it's it's weird to say it's necessary to talk about it, but in this kind of era of news cycles and sports, you know, you kind of have to, especially on a podcast like this. Yeah. And everyone has their own opinion of it. I, I doubt that there is a single hockey fan who heard that Don Cherry was fired for controversial statements and was like, huh, I have absolutely no opinion of that. Uh, because if a bunch of Arizona Coyotes fans are talking about it, then it kind of probably seeped into the entirety of North American hockey. Like maybe if you were a like uh, European hockey fan, may not have something. Well, well, you may based off some of his prior comments. And I know that a KHL team reached out and asked if he wants a job. So right. maybe Damn, it is worldwide. Oh, I want that to happen so badly. I want him to just be doing commentary for the KHL. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Um, you know, I Carl, do... your sorry, Carl, your your tie comment reminded me of the what was it, the Easter epic back in the eighties where Mike Emmerich and Bill Clement got in trouble for like taking off their blazers and one had his tie wrapped around his head. Like he was in Rambo. <laughs> I can just imagine Brian Burke doing that one. 
I I think he has before. I swear he has worn his tie on his head like that once. Um, and messed up that perfectly slick back hair? I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can find that. Um, I'm but, already I'm googling it and I can't. I can see lots of untied ties. I <laughs> have not seen any on the head yet. Ah. Uh, Maybe uh, this is a Berenstein Bears uh, controversy. <laughs> I'm probably just remembering a different universe. All right. Um, anyways, I do want to get to the uh, other stuff that we have on this podcast. But beforehand, um, I probably, even though I don't think it's necessary, I probably should say a, disc- a disclaimer because of the opinions that we talked about in the Don Sherry, that the opinions that were expressed on here do not necessarily represent the rest of Fire for Howling, nor uh, our parent companies, SB Nation slash Fox Media. Uh, just thought we should put that out there. Um, anyway. Don't sue us. <laughs> yep, they're all our own opinions. Um, anyways, let's get going on to our next topic. Here's something a little bit more, uh, you know, back to actual hockey playing. The Kings are benching uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, and this is just one year after signing him to a three-year million contract. Uh, Is this a surprise to you guys at all? Not especially. Surprised that they announced it. Yeah, that's that would be the biggest thing that I would say. Like, he hasn't been playing well his first season, and the Kings are terrible this season. Yeah, I would almost think you'd want to play him more to highlight it in case he's trade bait. Although I doubt anyone would take that. Yeah, that might be tough. But is he really worse than anyone else they're going to throw out there? No, but I think the thing is is that um, they probably just want to get out of the contract, so they're probably just encouraging him to go back to the KHL. (laughs) Do do you think that this is a move in an effort to get him to break his contract um, or ask for, like, or um, to be let out? Yeah. I'm sure they've been trying to trade him. I have no doubt about the, that. Because because he signed a 35 plus contract, they're they're screwed at either no matter what they do. Well, uh, they can try to trade him, but any other way of you know breaking that contract, they're going to be out millions of dollars. No, if he breaks contract though, if he does, and goes back to the KHL, then they're off the hook like they were off the hook with Mike Richards, right? right? Mike Richards, that was the, wasn't that regarding the drug possession crossing the border? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Trying That's to get to us Canadians. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the year yeah, after, I think, we had to buy out um, Ribeiro. Ribeiro, and I'm like, man, that is not fair, because he at the time also had substance issues. Not that, not that that's necessarily a terrible thing because professional athletes are, having substance issues should be handled in a medical way more so than a contract extermination way, in my opinion. But I will say this about Kovalchuk. He has three goals, six assists for nine points. He is fifth on the team in points this season. Why is he getting the bench more so than some of the other players? 
I think I, I think it's part of the rebuild, though. Um, I mean, it, it's weird to say that, but you know, the Kings obviously, it's kind of obvious they're terrible, uh, and they want to give that chance to play to the younger people so they can focus on that rebuild rather than giving it to a guy who's 36 and doesn't really have much time left on him. Shouldn't you have pieces if you're going to tear things down and build a foundation? Like, I'm not going to renovate my kitchen and tear the cupboards out before I have other cupboards. And that's... I'm just looking at his salary now and to me, the big oof is that this past summer, he just got a $5.3 million signing bonus. He's only actually getting $700,000 in salary this year. And then he gets no signing bonus next year and four and a quarter million in salary. But he has made about $14 million of his $18 million contract already. So yeah, so if you're going to encourage him to break contract, this is the year to do it. Although I could also see, like, I mean, we are living in a season where James Neal has gone from absolute garbage with the Flames to being near the top with the Oilers. On one of the I wonder if there's hockey. another team that's like, hey, maybe Kovalchuk can do that. Get him around some talent um, and see what he can do still. Because is it him or is it the Kings or is it both? But still, taking on a thirty-five plus contract is that that's a that's like a huge gamble for any team to do. Sure. Yeah. You know, maybe the Kings to protect all these supposed youngsters they're bringing up can trade Kovalchuk for Lucic. Get Lucic <laughs> back Wrong in LA. <laughs> oh, I I want that to happen, please. Um. It's it's kind of astonishing looking back at the Kings being like, you know what? I think we got another year uh, or two. Let's get Kovalchuk in here. Yeah, three. Because I mean, I could see them being like, all right, if we're if we could win next season, doesn't matter that we have him around for another two. We get a cup. Uh, Kopitar is happy. Um, it's pretty much the only person I would want to keep happy on that team. Uh, <laughs> And and see, but oh man, and he's, he's got an NMC, so they can't even bury him. It is, and you definitely... know, you you know where he got the idea of wanting to get an NMC. Plus that uh, the AAV was the uh, the Patrick Marlowe contract that he signed with uh, the Maple Leafs. He pointed at that yeah. contract, and he's like, he told the Kings, "I want that." <laughs> yeah, but the Kings aren't in a position where they can give up their first round pick in order to get rid of that contract. Yeah, so that's what makes them an even more difficult situation than the Maple Leafs were. Because it could be a top five pick. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm just kind of surprised that like they flat out said that it's indefinite as opposed or I don't even know if they said that, but the message was clear that it was indefinite and it's how everyone's describing it. As opposed to, you know, he needs a couple of games. We want to we want to reset him. Like there's a positive spin uh, on benching a player because um, I it's he's not going to be the first player with the Kings that are benched, right? Uh, especially not this season. Um, and 
there's a way you could sell it to make it seem like he's still part of the team for at least this season or in plans for the next season. Yeah, um, and that's that's why the announcement is so surprising because it's like they flat out are trying to embarrass him. What which, is that going to do? Except, oh, I don't know, make him flee to the KHL. Yeah, but what's that going to do for the rest of your team? Like, I mean, if you're <laughs> Jeff Carter or uh, Drew Doughty, do you look at that and be like, man, LA is uh, doing some stuff? Or what if you're what if you're Adrian Kempe? Like, I don't know what he's signed for, but I'm guessing he's probably a little bit Too longer well. term. Uh, how many seasons? Three, including this one. Okay, so in two years, is there going to be enough to be like, oh, hey, I remember what you guys did with Globalchuk as soon as he wasn't useful anymore. Uh, do I risk do you guys doing it to me? Or is there even going to be the same coaching staff or you know front office at that time? Who knows? I would hope for Kings fans there wouldn't be the same – like what's actually embarrassing is if you go on to the Kings cap friendly, they are, you know, if you factor in the fact that Forboard and Lewis are injured right now, they are at the cap ceiling and they suck. They I have mean, they're in cap space. Sorry. They have four point six million in cap space. But that's with. Four and a half million on long injured reserve. I mean, if you look at some of those deals they have, Dustin Brown, 5.875. As a Coyotes fan, I'm obligated to hate him. Um, But I I am obligated to hate him as well. (laughs) That that Drew Doughty contract, oh my God, it just keeps going for 11 mil. And and I don't know if that's the best use of your cap for a 29-year-old defenseman. Um, I, you know, I yeah. can't, I, I can't comment on that contract since the Sharks did the same thing with another defenseman around the same age. Um, <laughs> but I will also I, not having the best year. Hey, he had a he had a good night last night against Edmonton, <laughs> so I'll give him that. Um, okay, but. Uh, Drew Doughty, though, has just kind of been declining ever since the uh, the sweep against Vegas two years ago. Like, remember, he, I just like I still laughed at that because the comments he made. There's no way they're gonna be better than us at the end of the season. And well, whoops. But yeah. but after that, like, I, woo. Yeah, I mean, I. I get that at one point we were all having a conversation about whether or not Drew Doughty was the best defenseman in the league. Uh, that was a while ago, though. We we haven't been having that recently. And he is 29, and he has a lot more time with an $11 million cap hit. I don't know how you can make that happen. Like especially if you're the Kings and you know that you're getting older, you know that the best case scenario is you have young people coming up and you need space for them. Like, yeah, it's, if you're a Kings fan now, I'm hoping that you're 
planning on just everyone getting out of there sooner rather than later, but I doubt it's going to do you much good considering you got Kopitar, Brown, Carter, Dowdy, all long signed up long-term. And this is the first year of Dowdy's extension. <laughs> if so I eight more years, he had a $10 million signing bonus this past summer. Wow. That's, so that's a lot of signing bonuses the Kings paid out this yeah. summer. And then it's $2 million in the next season, and then $4 million for two seasons after that. I am wondering which, if there's a team that's wanting compliance buyouts to be back more than the Kings at this point. If they're just like, can we have another lockout? Because last time, like, those compliance buyouts seemed to be pretty good. Can we do that? Um, because that, yeah, that would be the Blackhawks. Yeah. yeah, probably them too. Then they could sign Doughty to a fifteen million dollar year contract. <laughs> oh yes, and replace finally replace Brent Seabrook. That that should be the and trade. Bring him back uh, like Michael Stone. Seabrook for Doughty, one to one. Yeah, these one-for-one one trades seem to be uh, very popular nowadays, so why not? Chicago can't afford Dowdy. <laughs> no, they can't. Uh, Speaking of which, Chicago is also not doing well either. In general? No. Is anybody shocked? Not at all. Robin Lehner is. <laughs> he, he is probably I, the only one. He's playing well. This the team's a... not. Yeah. There's only so much a goaltender can do when the team in front of him does it's just terrible. Yeah. I think probably if you're a fan of any team in the league, Chicago and LA should be a lesson for you at what it costs to win a cup. To win multiple that cups. Same team. Yeah. yeah. Although uh let's check the standings. Pittsburgh, they're not terrible. They won two cups back to back. So, but I think that awesome. I, I think uh, see, remember when that happened though? Um, the last time Chicago won was 2015. The last time uh, LA won was 2014. We're only a, cu- a couple years removed from uh, Pittsburgh winning their you know back to back cup. I think you know I I think it's actually going to be due to happen where they're going to start falling off a little bit. It's I don't think it's going to be as exponential as you know what happened with chicago and los angeles but yeah you know Plus, it, it's gonna they've happen. already shed some salary by trading away phil kessel yeah true um so yeah maybe it's not get committed to the players that help you win a cup which i mean sucks for those players but if you want to stay competitive you can't necessarily be signing Brent Seabrook to a deal where he gets six point eight seven five million until twenty twenty three twenty four. Yeah, I think Boston's sort of the the team to mimic in terms of. I mean, they've been competitive for what fifteen years, won a few cups, and they haven't really regressed because they keep finding guys like. Pasternak and Krug who step in. 
Yeah, the right. question is now they've re-signed Pasternak to a team-friendly deal, but are they going to be able to do the same with Tori Krug? Yeah, but like, who does LA... Who from LA has been good that they've developed in the last five years? To fully... For some reason, I thought Kempe was good, but looking at his stats, probably not. Um, He's good compared to his brother. True. Yeah, Mario has had some had some issues. Uh, Maybe we should define good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got. I, I mean. You know, if they don't if they don't produce on points, doesn't have to necessarily matter if they're a playmaker and kind of get you know get pucks where they need to go. That's considered good. It just doesn't show on the stat sheet. It passes the eye sure, test. Sure. And I'd say, and I'd say watching Adrian Campy a couple times because I you know I tend to watch um, Shrocks Kings games heavily. If like I go out of my way to watch them even now, even though the rivalry is kind of dying. Um, I was, was going to say that must be painful this season. Yeah, um, a little bit. Hey, you guys are competing for the first overall pick. That's much better than the cup, right? Hey, hey, hey. the Sharks are on a four-game winning streak, and they just beat the top team in the Pacific. So, and I would buy a lot too. So, I mean, they're on. The I way. have Jones in my pool, so I'm can't like I'm. Why would you pick Jones? God, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird. Uh, that's a weird pick. He was a he was my third goalie. Okay, that and, makes sense. You know we have have so many starts, so I thought, well, he's going to get starts. Yeah, he's next. I mean, it could be it could be worse. You could have you, you could have Jonathan Quick in your pool, like. Ooh. That's just mean to wish on somebody. <laughs> oh god. So wait, is a three point nine six goals against average bad? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm confused. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to double check with some of the uh, other experts if it, on that. If it's 1982. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, that is not a fun one. Anyways, guys, um, let, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this in a sec. But uh, I do want to put this in here. Right? Let's let's take just a quick ad break, um, and uh, we'll be back and talk more NHL. And uh, yeah, you're listening to Inside the Glass. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Inside the Glass. Once again, I'm Rob Liano, joined by Brandon Sparks, Rose Ford, and Carl Pavlik. Um, we're talking more NHL. Let's, you know, we, we had we were talking about the LA Kings and all, you know, their problems Glory. before the yeah <laughs> before this break. But uh, let's let you know because we're you know I I do want to get a a little bit out of here on time, you know, sooner rather than later. But, you know, again, there's a lot of things to talk about. But let's talk about the rest of the NHL and, you know, maybe some of the things that you've seen throughout this season so far, now that we're about a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, I will start. Uh, surprising, I don't think anyone, the Buffalo Sabres are no longer leading the league. I know someone out there is probably shocked, but... I think everyone kind of agreed. Yeah, this is a really quick start. It's not going to last. Remember and... when I remember when I said that um, at one point? I think it was it might have been during a Desert Dogcast episode. Um, we were just like, oh yeah, look, they're starting off pretty well. 
And then I was like, we, I said the same thing with a uh, a former NHL broadcaster and also former Roadrunners broadcaster, Tom Callahan, in an episode of Inside the Glass last year. We we're like, oh, yeah, this guys, these guys are playing well. Are they going to keep it up? And they didn't. This is the same case. Yeah. I mean, they are still ahead of the lightning somehow, but yeah, they're they're starting to go down. They are currently outside of a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. I'm not going to count them out yet. Like, I mean, they're two points behind Toronto. Anything with can three happen. Games in hand, yeah, that could definitely change. And you can't really count anybody out yet. Well, yeah. Remember what happened <laughs> yeah. at the halfway point last year. St. Louis was the worst team in the league, and then they win the cup. Uh, you know, I know that You're was the case. in their Kings fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think so. I know Cole that was the case warming last up year. And for a playoff push. I know that was the case last year, but everybody knew that the Blues were a good team before mm. we okay. went Okay. Okay, Easy. true, and I think it was I, I think the coaching change from uh, from Mike Yale to Craig Bruger Bay also made it somewhat of a helpful difference. Um, right. I wonder if right. the Tampa Bay Lightning are looking at that now. And I don't like, think huh, that I don't coaching think, change early. I don't think the Lightning will get rid of John Cooper. He's too, like he's like he's a great coach. How have they only played fifteen games? That's yeah, that's well, weird. Part of it they were they were one of the teams that went over to uh, Sweden, right? Was it Sweden? I guess they went so, over to Europe. What, what, whatever the, country that they did the global series in, I think it's Sweden. Yeah. But didn't they play Buffalo, who's played seventeen games? Well, yeah. yeah I, think, I, thought, I think the teams that didn't play in Europe are at nineteen, twenty, or around there. So there's a couple games but, ahead. Least amount behind only the Rangers, it appears, which can't imagine too many people were wanting to see the Rangers. Although they are riding a one game win streak and they are six two and two in the last ten, so yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyone else have any surprise teams? Montreal's uh, second in the Atlantic. That is kind of surprising. That's. I'm surprised that Vancouver is doing as well as they are. True. Yeah. I mean, Vancouver. It's what's interesting about Vancouver is I remember sometime last year they were like the top of the Pacific, and you know they were riding the the hot streak of uh, one rookie Elias Pettersson, um, and I think you know this year is not much different. Um, they've, you know, plus they've got another guy in Quinn Hughes. They got, you know, I, you know, th- th- there's a lot of things to look up to with the Canucks, and I think they're a decent team. I think right now they're playing better than most. It's still better than most of us expected, but yeah, I mean, it's not for me at least. It's not completely out of the blue that they're doing this well. Yeah, yeah and they're goal- will they go succeed? Ahead. Go ahead, Brandon. I was gonna say they're. Goalie of the future, Jacob Markstrom, finally. He's hitting a stride. Seems to materialize. I mean, I think they when they thought in the future, they were thinking like four or five years ago, not 2019-20, but better late than never. 
And it's not like the Pacific is especially strong this season. Uh, and Vegas isn't true. even that and, great either. So, And the Canucks especially have benefited from a relatively easy schedule. Yeah. We haven't even got to play they, the Kings yet. They've been clear. mostly facing off against other Pacific Division teams. <laughs> uh, so that's why. I think Craig Morgan said they've played the Kings two or three times already. That's nuts. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. They've played the um, let's see, out of the teams that are playing pretty poorly, they played the Red Wings, the Devils, the Rangers, uh, the Kings, the Sharks, the Ducks, the Blackhawks, the Jets. Yeah, they've they've had a relatively easy schedule. Yeah, it's not like that they face, you know, the last two Stanley Cup champions and back-to-back nights and 700-something miles apart, you know. Yeah, shout-out to the Coyotes for that. What a a performance. (laughs) And are the only team to have defeated the back-to-back Cup champions in, um, I think somebody said it was uh, 70 different times where somebody has played the back-to-back champions. I was just surprised there was that many. Uh, like, I get it. Yeah. There's a lot of games and teams, but still, like, 70 times back-to-back. Like, that's a very specific scenario. Oh, yeah. It really is. <laughs> Weirdly specific stats. I love them. Unless it was like, oh, we played the, the Penguins in a back-to-back on the road, and they were the last two Stanley Cup champions that year, so it counts. Although I doubt that would that ever would happen. Count. That would count. <laughs> right. That wouldn't. It, I think that would count at, like, yeah, it would just, like, the last two different champions. So even if in 20, what, the 2017-18 season, uh, someone beat the Penguins and the Blackhawks, I think that would count. But still, that still hasn't happened. That still didn't happen until just, you know, yesterday. <laughs> Did anyone see the Flyers being top three in the Metro? Uh, no. No. I thought the Flyers were going to be pretty, pretty just mediocre to somewhat okay. And I'm not convinced they're going to stay there. And the Metropolitan has just been really strange. I mean, the Hurricanes, I think the Hurricanes are going to bounce back. But it's really, this Metropolitan Division, I'm looking at it. It's not good. No, not really. When you get New Jersey and New York on there, that's that's not good. And the Blue Jackets, um, yeah, losing your two best players in free agency. Uh, bad things are going to happen to you. Except for New York is right at the second, so clearly not that bad of things. Right. They're almost as bad as Ottawa. <laughs> Speaking of giving <laughs> away all of your best players, you was interesting. What I um, s- someone pointed this out sometime late last year is most of like a good chunk of Ottawa's players. Like for like you know star players that left went over to the Pacific Division. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. I mean, I mean Hoffman left, uh, and he ended up back in Florida. 
Yeah. But he was briefly in the Pacific Division. Yeah, that was just that was just an epic troll job by uh, Doug Wilson and the Sharks. But was it too uh, late to uh, return your Hoffman jersey, Rob? <laughs> yeah, Rob. We know you immediately went out and got one. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I and, and I'll still wear that proudly. You know, it's really you know, what's really funny is um, when did they play him a video tribute? I, someone made a made a made a a funny video about that, like a Hoffman tribute, and it lasts like half a second long. Um, and then when longer than he was a shark, and then and when he came to uh, San Jose, the uh, the Teal City crew, the uh, supporter group, actually put out a uh, uh, a Mike Hoffman jersey retirement pretend banner out there, and went out with them it was pretty funny it was a like everyone had a had a blast when he came to san jose just knowing the whole situation of what went down that that day (laughs) yeah that was definitely the funniest story that came out about mike hoffman uh that off season um but yeah i wonder what his girlfriend had to say about it that one was rough and then Carlson ended up in San Jose, so the yeah, world I, came full circle. I still don't know what what reasoning uh, Pierre Dorian had in that. Over a year now removed from that trade, Pierre Dorian decides to trade Eric Carlson to the team that literally screwed them with Mike Hoffman. Like, the, oh, sure. I mean, at the end of the day, A, He's a GM of Ottawa. He knows he probably doesn't have too much job security. B, or, or more, he's uh, the, he has to listen to Eugene Milnick all the time. I mean, if it's the best offer, it's the best offer. It doesn't necessarily matter too much if if the guy screwed you over last time. Did you, you actually, just throw something extra in his uh, in the contract? You actually reminded me of something. You get an extra pick. You actually reminded me of something. Did you see that video from uh, from, from Steve Dangle when Carlson first got traded? Um, it was, you know, it was a belief that he had, so it wasn't, you know, necessarily, we don't know if it's true or not, but he said, he said, you know, I, what, you know what I think? I actually think there were better offers than for Eric Carlson than San Jose offered, but those better offers came from the Eastern Conference and uh, Pierre Doyen slash Eugene Melnick did not want to keep Eric Carlson in the East and the best offer came in the, thereby the best offer somewhat offer came from the West, a.k.a. San Jose, and that's how it all went down. And that's not a bad I theory. Mean, it it wouldn't surprise me. Although, if I was Melnick, I would be like, yeah, well, let's keep Carlson in the East, keep him in division. We're going to be terrible, but you could probably get an extra 300 fans in the door uh, to see Eric Carlson like succeed at something. Because... He, I'm sure, has some Ontario or um, Ottawaian, I don't know the word, goodwill. Ottawan, that sounds better. Yeah, that like, makes sense. It, it's not like the fans hate him. Why not have him come <laughs> there a lot? And he could probably get the team about two more losses, so maybe they could actually get a reasonable pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, so, also, I mean... Wasn't the whole idea in terms of that... I'm, we should probably get back to current events, but trading Hoffman because of Carlson, and then they just let Carlson 
leave too. Yeah, that was that was, that was, that was definitely too little, too late. If it was anything. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know what the. Whole no, thing. I think Carlson would have resigned. I think they didn't want to pay the price to resign him. It was going to be a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And right and now, not looking like a terrible decision. Yeah. Oh, Ottawa made a terrible decision. Really? <laughs> no, it's. A, I mean, if he continues playing like this, then Ottawa may be the winners of that trade. Who knows? That's harsh. I just wonder when he's going to be in the next Thor movie. <laughs> like it must be hard playing Thor and playing hockey. I, I also made another joke that he actually uh, that you reminded me of because he also looks like a uh, an, an old time like some Marvel some kind of Marvel evil villain too with that mustache, just like he's a gentleman rogue. Uh, I I thank you very much, and he would definitely be in a Victorian period piece. All right. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to current uh, current hockey stuff. Uh, you know, a team that surprised me that's doing not so well is Dallas. Uh, if you guys, if uh, Carl and Brandon, you remember me, I was highly touting this Dallas team, and I was like, this Dallas team is going to win the Central Division. And then, you know, it shows that apparently their pickup of Joe Pavelski ended up not, at least so far in this quarter way of the season, not doing so well. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, they're 8-8-2. Eight, eight and two. They have again called out uh, their best players in Sagan and Ben. This which, time it was the coach, not the, G- not the owner. Yeah. It's surprising that that continues to not work, publicly calling out some of your better players who you expect to do things. I, I don't think they necessarily respond well, but, but yeah, even with a, a a central division, which I think at this point anyone could theoretically get in there because outside of the Blues and the Predators, the Avalanche are missing some of their top line. But the Avalanche the is still a phenomenal are, team. Yeah. The Jets are no defense. The Blackhawks in the wild are the Blackhawks in the wild. Like, it's not a terrible call to have them doing more, but it's just not happening. Let's keep in mind Dallas are now seven two and one in their last ten. Like they're maybe starting to put it together a little bit. You know what I find interesting maybe. is and, and their leading score is out, and they're still seven two and one. You know what I find really interesting, and it's a joke that people love to make. Um, if you guys are familiar with the with the website Bring Hockey Back, they make a lot of uh, fun hockey themed. Uh, apparel and accessories and whenever a team is doing so bad they come out with a shirt that says my hockey team sucks and in the colors of that team that is currently doing bad and what 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 i'm getting at is it seems that there is this reverse jinx that happens when it comes to this where the uh where when they release a shirt for this for whatever team they start doing well i mean that makes sense like because you figure by the time like they get the shirts made like if they're going through a slump that's going to end sooner or later and but yeah maybe it's the madden curse of hockey t-shirts 
Let's see. They've got the My Hockey Team Sucks in San Jose, in Detroit. That's just on their front page. They've got a boring hockey t-shirt, too. Uh, yes, they do. I thought that was hilarious. And then we went to uh, two shootouts. It's called Snooze Fest AZ. Oh. Yeah. Do we want to give shed light on that article, or well, do we want to just pretend it didn't exist? Like everyone probably, probably pretended it didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the standings. Um, one thing we should mention is that the Coyotes are actually in second place for being such a boring hockey team. So they are, they have a plus 10 goal differential too, which I don't think they've had a plus goal differential in quite a while. I don't think they've had a goal in quite a while. (laughs) Until this season. But yeah, no, the Pacific is definitely, I think we alluded to this early, not great. Um, I am kind of surprised to see who's the top three. Um, but the the very three that top three at the end of the day, since I don't know. Yeah, has Edmonton finally arrived? What seems like twenty years later. I mean, also let's keep in mind that this Edmonton team um, that uh, you know picking you know getting James Neal for uh, for Lucic was uh, you know an absolute steal. Hats hats off to Ken Holland for pulling that off, um, and uh, you know, yeah, that makes that's a huge difference. You know, changing you know changing coaches and and GMs obviously did something well for the Oilers, and you know, I I, I think they're the, they're going to be a team that's here to stay in the Pacific Division. I don't know if they're going to stay the number one team, but I think they'll keep competing. I think yeah, they're going to go ahead. No, you go over. You go. I was gonna say that I think they're gonna wear out McDavid and Drysaddle and then fall off. I mean, <laughs> towards the end of the season. That top line um, though with Neil, like I think that's what's helping them a little bit. I mean, because I'm not saying Neil is, you know, the end all be all, but I think he's definitely helping them in a, you know, a production standpoint and kind of keeping things sane. Because the bottom six for or the Oilers, we all know, is absolute trash. Yeah, Neil basically gives them an almost complete second line. Yeah, but their goaltending is also questionable. I mean, they have Mike Smith, who can be amazing at times, but is also incredibly inconsistent. And I'm, I don't think Miko Koskinen is anything to write home about either. And their so, fans can't write home. Their commentators can't talk about how great Mike Smith was in the Western Conference Final and appeal to fond memories of when he was relevant. <laughs> but the, the Oilers are also, you know, they got off to a hot start, and now they're just, they're okay. But they're, I mean, in their last seven or eight games, have they really done anything terribly impressive I still think Calgary is the better team of the two I don't know the the interesting thing of Calgary though is 
why they traded for Lucic? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Plus, also, why pick up um, Cam Talbot to tandem David Riddick? Like, yeah, there were other goalies available. Why not go with Robin Leonard? Would Robin Leonard want to Lucic in that? Put Lucic in that. Uh, Calgary's confusing about what they're doing. They had a very weird offseason. They did. Well, Nashville's doing well, at least. Um, They can actually score goals this season, now that they've added Matt Duchesne. Yeah, I, I I always liked Nashville as a team. Like I think they they make they make the right they've been you know at least these last couple of seasons they've been making the right decisions. Um, and I think they're gonna stay a pretty good team because of it. Yeah, the Subban trade isn't looking, even though I think they definitely did not get a great return. It's not biting them too much. Yeah, the return that they got for the Subban trade was cap space. That's what they really yeah. wanted. What about Vegas? I was never sold. Like I always thought they overperformed. To me, their de- their I think their blue line is very meh. And I, 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 I I'm not surprised to see them fi- holding on to the final wild card spot, tied somehow with Winnipeg. Well, that's two teams with questionable blue lines. Yeah. Yeah. And Buffalo may be coming back. Or maybe after not. Seeing how terrible his team is doing, he but now decided to get surgery. Yeah, that's gonna be a whole thing that they're gonna have to work out. Because um he wants to go on L T I R so that he gets paid but the team may not be able to put him on LTIR because his injury didn't occur um, during the season and he didn't report to camp. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. They're going to have to go through the legal processes. Oh, and legal processes are always the most fun. Yep. So, plus Big Buff is probably going to need some that time to recover anyway. You know, if they didn't know that there was something wrong with his, what is it, his foot or his ankle or whatever it is, and just found it out during the surgery, then, you know, who knows? Yeah, unless his surgery is, like, putting him in a time capsule, I don't see this really working well for Winnipeg. Like, I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not going to be enough to make them a good team. Right. Yeah, it's definitely something where there's a lot that went wrong with Winnipeg this season, and it's more than one player can fix. It's almost like Ken Shoveldayoff and Brad Tree Living just went on a huge bender right in, like, early July and kind of forgot that 
free agency and trades happen. And then they just did things. Or if they forgot that there's defensemen. And they're like, yeah, we just need the forwards. Hey, it worked for Edmonton. <laughs> I mean, up until this season, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to take a look at the rest of the rest of these standings to see what's what else we got. I haven't been following Minnesota, but they're bad. <laughs> They are not having a good season. I watched their game against San Jose, and yes, they Minnesota ended up scoring, you know, three goals in like thirty seconds, thanks to you know lovely Martin Jones. But I mean, San Jose scored like seven goals on them. Like it was, like it was nothing. It was. I was like, are they even? Is Minnesota even trying? Like it, they have six wins in 18 games. I think this is just karma for them signing Suter and Parisi uh, while their owner was complaining about those exact type of contracts going into the lockout. So uh, I'm glad that they're doing not good. <laughs> is You're it... never going to forgive them for the lockout, are you? Oh, absolutely not. And the hypocrisy of everything leading up to it. Um I mentioned Down Goes Brown earlier. Back in the old days when it was still a blog and not on The Athletic, I think one of the better lines that he ever wrote was uh, the hawkish cap people and the the people who want to spend money on all these salaries need to stop fighting, a.k.a. the wild owner needs to stop arguing with himself. And I butchered that, so someone go find the better version because I made it sound terrible. Is anyone thinking that maybe the Wild just are bad because Matt Zuccarello is not using his tongue as Paul Fenton had hoped? Thought he would. Like a lizard. <laughs> like a lizard. <laughs> they do look very not lizard. Uh, they need more lizard on their team. <laughs> I heard that he, he ended up with the nickname Lizard. Oh... I feel bad for him because that is not something that you choose. Nope. <laughs> mm, I, I, I almost totally forgot that Kevin Fiala went over to Minnesota. I forgot Kevin Fiala. Uh, yeah. And then Jared Spurgeon just signed that giant contract and Ooh. And it's not like they're dealing with like extensive injuries. They have Marcus um, Baglion. I'm probably mispronounced that. Like no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way off. Uh, it's late. And uh, Greg Paterne, like with lower body injuries. It's yeah, they're not major pieces, but. I mean, they also got a problem where uh, Dubnik isn't being his usual self and their backup, Alex Stalock, isn't... Yeah, I don't even know he's a backup. He's not even... Alex Stalock isn't, isn't even a backup. He's the tandem. Like, and it's... Even him, he's not playing well either. He's a... 
just above 900 save percentage. Is it um, is it Dubnik or is it the team in front of him? It's probably yeah. the team in front of him. I mean, then again, though, like, let's, let's put us in perspective this way. Like, if Dubnik was really that great, fantastic of a goaltender, he would be like what John Gibson does and somehow drags the Ducks through some, you know, crazy wins. But it hasn't happened. Yeah, and, I mean, luckily, unlike the teams we were talking about earlier, Dubnik has two more years left where he has an average cap hit of 4.33. So, And the Minnesota goalies have a combined save percentage of 88.71. Oof. Then again, I, I can't be talking about that because the Sharks are probably worse. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, not, not surprised. Um, and don't be sorry, because yeah, I I'm I'm very aware. Eighty-eight point fourteen, but they are not the worst in the league. Now, is that the Kings? It is. Yeah. Seven point fifty-two. Wait, what? Eighty-seven point fifty-two. God darn! Now that's bad. And second worst is the Devils at eighty-seven point sixty-two. Yeah, Corey Schneider's yeah, bad. Woof. Yeah. But unlike Minnesota, Jonathan Quick is locked in for four more years at 5.8. Oh. Well, this is surprising because Nashville is in currently in one of the Central's top three spots, but their save percentage from their both their goalies is 89.35. What? Because, I mean... Good thing they don't have a score. Yeah, they, they just know how to score. That team is... Stacked. They're leading the Central in goals scored with 68, ahead of the Colorado Avalanche, who have 66. There which... you go. Wow. Scoring their way out of trouble. That's that's new for Nashville. Yeah. It's no longer Pekka Rene needs to do everything. Anyways, um, let's because we you know we kind of talked about this for a while. Let's let's go on and talk about maybe what we're expecting for the next not maybe not just maybe not the next whole bit of the season, the next three quarters, but the next quarter up to the up to the halfway point, which is again like only a month away. Um, yeah, what are you guys expecting out of these uh, teams or out of this season? Edmonton's going to fall off. Vancouver's going to fall off. Um, I think, let me see, on the Eastern teams, uh, Toronto's going to pick up speed and Tampa Bay will pick up speed. They'll probably challenge for one of the top three spots. Um, Pittsburgh, I think, is going to stay in the wild card because of injuries. Right. Um, let me see what else. I think the central's pretty much going to stay as it is. Uh, Calgary and Vegas are going to take the spots that Edmonton and Vancouver vacate. <laughs> that's my prediction. And that's before the halfway mark. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I I don't see the the Lightning staying third from the bottom in the Atlantic for very long. I can very easily see them climbing back up, especially since they've only played 15 games unlike most of the other teams. Um I would be surprised I wouldn't be surprised if um Carolina overtakes Philadelphia for the third spot in the Metro. Yeah, Carol. Uh, yeah, Carolina. I think is well. Yeah, Philadelphia is gonna fly, gonna fall out, and the Hurricanes are gonna come back. I, that doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, as it does sound biased to me, you know, as being a Sharks fan, but I think the Sharks are gonna pick back speed. But I don't think they're gonna get back into a playoff spot with uh, or that fast within the halfway point here. But you know, they uh, they are four zero since the defenseman Redim Shimmick came back. Um, and from my knowledge, when he started, first got his, became a regular defenseman sometime last season before his injury, the Sharks ended up going on this crazy, like, winning 20 of their next, you know, 30 games. Like, where uh, it just comes out of nowhere. So. Oh, I have a bonus prediction. I predict next time we do this, we are gonna end up talking about the king's cat page a lot more because it is never gonna not be funny i mean inside the glass is, <laughs> is gonna be a lot more regular now i mean i'm not sure how often you guys are uh as in uh carl and rose you guys are gonna be on but you know um maybe maybe brandon and i will keep talking about it as as much as we can just 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 out of spite I think every quarter we just need to remind everyone. Uh, ah, yeah. The... Every every quarter we'll have this all hands on where everyone gets to talk about it again. So there we go. I like that. It's uh, it's like a yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Money to mediocre players. Yep. So no one picked Dallas to turn it around. You know, I didn't believe in Dallas last year, let alone this one. You know, I think they, I, I do think they will turn it around, but not to the extent of what I thought in the preseason. There's no way they're going to be up a, a, a top team in the Central, but I do think they're going to maybe fight for a wild card spot. Um, yeah, they just haven't been impressive. It's it's really you know on their top players, and again, their recent signees in Corey Perry and uh, Joe Pavelski have really got to shine because I just looked at the stats and uh, I believe Joe Pavelski only has three goals and last year he had 38 or something like that. So, like... And can Ben really stay this bad? I mean, I I think he's got to rebound at some point. I think so, but I mean... Ben Bishop was a player that I thought was going to go to any team and be like a an Auntie Ranta or Darcy Kemper for the Coyotes. like And get injured a lot? No, nah, I mean, not that part. Uh, but the, like, steal a game, like, with Tampa Bay, it, I must have been blinded by the system where I was just like, yeah, Ben Bishop, one of the better goaltenders in the league. He can drag a team kicking and screaming to the Stanley Cup. Uh, I mean, he did carry the Tampa Bay Lightning into the Eastern Conference Finals in 2016. 
um, and up until his injury, which caused Vasilevsky to end up getting the start for the remainder of that season until they ended up losing to Pittsburgh. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, but did he actually carry the Tampa Bay Lightning? Or I mean, well, just keep, keep, this really in, keep this in mind. Their top player in Steven Stamkos was out for, for, for the majority of the playoffs with blood clots. So... True, true. Yeah, but they still had a pretty decent defense then, didn't they? Uh, they still had Victor Hedmond. Um, let's see, who else was on their defense? I mean, that pretty much says it all right there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Nor- a-, a Norris Trophy winning defenseman. Um, let me let me look at their roster from um, from 2016, or 2015 technically, 2015, 2016. Um well, you look that up, keep in mind Dallas does not have a very defensively responsible blue line. I mean, their like, their defense Lingard, last year, Haskinen, I impressed good. me. I liked Haskinen last year, but... But they're not... They're offensive guys. They're... True. Yeah. And I think that, that that's what teams need to do. Is like, if you're, if you're going to, you know, go go invest in an offensive defenseman, you know, a, a puck-moving defenseman, you also got to get a shutdown guy um, to pair so, with them. As Stan Bowman would say, they don't have a Connor Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they need. Uh, or, you know, a Nicholas Yarm. So, so Tampa Bay's defenseman in their 2016 playoff run included Victor Hedman, uh, Anton Strawman, um, Andre Suster, Jason Garrison, Braden Coburn, and Nik- uh, Nikita Nesterov. So I will say they, they had Jonathan Marchessault too at center. At, what? Okay. <laughs> With with Dallas, uh, coming up, they're playing Vancouver twice. They're playing Winnipeg. They're playing Chicago twice. Uh, they're even getting the Vegas Golden Knights, who aren't doing too great. Uh, so the schedule is kind of there for them moving up. Um, so it wouldn't be too much of a surprise to see them kind of get into a wild card spot. Three points behind Winnipeg, uh, so who knows? I, um, I I think they'll pick it up. Yeah, the Central is just like it's very top heavy this season. Clearly, absolutely. Um, but it's not like the Pacific is. We're not guaranteed to take both of those wild card spots, so who knows who can sneak in it? Although it wouldn't surprise me if the Pacific takes five spots. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me either, but it's not a guarantee. At this oh, ab- absolutely not, because the way the Pacific is right now, you're just like, what in the world is this division? And I think I say that every year. I'm like, why is this team on top right now? And all of a sudden, you know, reaching the e- even the third part, like the third way through the season, I'm like, okay, it's kind of evened out now. Then by, by the time we're halfway through, I'm like, this is what I expected. So... <laughs> Although, why is the Edmonton Oilers on top this season? It's an easy answer. They have the best player in the league and maybe one of the top five, and uh, they play them 28 minutes a game. So, yeah. yeah. 
That's gonna and happen. All they needed was league average goaltending. Which, yeah. Although the way Mike Smith played last night, not great. Inconsistent, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyone want to give any? Uh, we do the same thing with Desert Dogcast, but anyone? But in this case, for NHL purposes, any uh, final thoughts that you guys have? Hmm. Nah. Uh, final thoughts: Whoever wins the lottery is still going to be garbage next season. Like that is a prediction I have right now. We're not going to get a quick turnaround, especially given the last two team that won the. Considering the teams that are at the bottom, who are most likely to win the lottery, I think your prediction is pretty solid, Carl. Thank you, thank you. I tried. Also, despite the fact that the Red Wings are at the bottom of the league, they're still probably going to find a way to beat us because I'm not allowed to be happy. Sounds about right. <laughs> Final thoughts. I think it's going to be an interesting season to, to see who actually ends up in the playoffs, and I'm excited to see who ends up where. Yeah. I think there's going to be some, some very different teams in there. I'm, I, you know, I, and, and for me, I am personally interested to see what these uh, teams that uh, aren't doing as well as they thought, you know, a team that is maybe like a, you know, expected to be a competitor. So we're talking, you know, Dallas, we're talking San Jose, we're talking, you know, um, Tampa Bay, you know, what, you know, those teams that are just kind of, you know, flat right now, what they're going to do to, change that are they gonna you know moving roster spots or you know make going for you know getting a trade calling people up sending people down what like what what are they gonna do to make it work to make their rebound um fire a coach fire a coach um there's a lot good players on the trading block right now i know it's early but like are there any players that would make a difference that are available uh, is probably available, and you know, and maybe he might play well in another team, just like we were talking about earlier. I think I saw that Larson said something along the lines of, "Whatever team I play for, I would want to have one of these numbers," and that may have driven Edmonton fans insane. But Adam Larson, yes, uh, I don't remember where I saw it, but he said something where they're like, "Huh." You may not be sticking around. And um, going back to Larson, Taylor Hall. Yeah, we don't know what's up with Taylor Hall yet. Is Jersey going to try to hang on to him, or are they going to try to get something for him? I mean, I think you got to try and get something for him. I can't imagine he's going to resign there, but who knows? Yeah. He may love living close to New York City. Maybe we'll see. And New Jersey's a harbor town, a harbor state, so that um, he can get some use out of that boating license of his. Aha! There you go. Uh, anyways, so that that will probably wrap things up for us here on Inside the Glass. Thanks everyone for joining us for listening. 
to this uh, pretty long episode, longer than what uh, Into the Glass would normally be uh, for most episodes from here on out. But it's good to get all this kind of stuff out, especially our opening topics that we talked about. Um, you know, those kind of things we have to. Um, and Is that uh, a warning to viewers or a warning to us not to go over? <laughs> kind of both, you know. <laughs> it's not, no, no again... Sometimes we do have to go long because, you know, there's it, it's, you can't just cut a good conversation short. You know, you just don't do that. Um, and to well, those to those who are listening and they keep listening and listening, good on them for the doing for doing that. I do appreciate you guys who listen all the way through. We need to throw in some Easter eggs. Ah, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll work that out, Brandon, because you are our you you are our other uh, inside the glass regular. So as we get more episodes out um hopefully we have a lot more episodes in this month of november um it will be fun anyways once again thanks everyone for listening to this episode of inside the glass be sure to stay tuned later this week uh for the release of the next episode of desert Dogcast. that will be once again with myself with rose with carl we'll get you the latest coyotes news and information anything and uh you know everything else um also, be sure to, uh, you know, follow us on our subscriptions. As I've said several times on Digital Dogcast, we are everywhere. Um, iTunes, Google, Spotify. We just recently got now added to iHeartRadio podcast, so you can also listen to us there if that is your favorite place to listen to podcasts. Um, so, yeah. Once again, if you have any questions for the Inside the Glass crew, you can tweet us at ITGlassPodcast.com as well as our personal handles. Once again, I am at RobLeonio1. I'm at RoseColoredFact. I'm at Carl Pavlock FFH. And I'm at Brandon underscore underscore Sparks. You can tweet us at tweet us or you can com you can make leave a comment on our Five for Howling uh, webpage there. Um, so I said this several times. Once again, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. King Sack. <laughs>